Now on Netflix, inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman, comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hometown Ghost Stories contains serious and often distressing events and is not intended for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Highway 154, Bienville Parish, Louisiana, 9 a.m. Clyde Barrow and Bonnie Parker raced down the highway in a Ford V8. They were heading to a farmhouse owned by their accomplice Henry's parents. Unknown to Bonnie and Clyde, the police had suspected this is where they were heading and had already reached out to Henry's father to assist them. Early in the morning, they set him up on the side of the road as if he had broken down. They hoped that upon seeing the man they recognized broken down, that they'd stop to help. The police were right. The V8 slowly approached the broken down vehicle. Before Clyde even had time to get out of the car, the police officers jumped up and opened fire without even trying to take the duo into custody. Clyde was killed immediately as a bullet went through his head. Bonnie saw this and began shrieking loudly while the police continued to unload 130 rounds into the car until the screaming had stopped. In the end, Bonnie and Clyde lay dead in a Ford V8 on a Louisiana highway. Bonnie was 23 and Clyde just 24 years old. I'm Rob Coakley, and this is Hometown Ghost Stories, Celebrity Hauntings, Bonnie and Clyde. Bonnie and Clyde met in 1930 and it was truly love at first sight. Now this was just a chance encounter as Bonnie was at a mutual friend's house and Clyde just happened to stop by and as soon as they did, the two would become inseparable until their death together. Shortly after meeting, Clyde would go to jail on a burglary charge and Bonnie even smuggled him in a firearm that he used to help himself escape. He would end up being apprehended pretty quickly and after that he would be paroled in 1932. Upon his release, he was said to be a much more hardened man at this point than when he went in, 
and he would quickly put together a gang that would rob jewelry stores, gas stations, pharmacies, just little stores like that. Even though they were depicted as bank robbers, it was more stores that they were after and smaller scores rather than the larger ones. Now, Clyde was a remarkable driver for his time, and he was in love with Ford V8s, and he would use these because they would often outrun police cars that weren't able to keep up with these vehicles. And this was also during the Great Depression. So outlaws like John Dillinger and Bonnie and Clyde were the celebrities of this time because people felt like they were stealing from the rich and giving back to the poor, which was more so themselves. But there are some stories of some of these outlaws helping people that were in need. So that's where these stories originated from. And once again, the difference between Bonnie and Clyde and some of these other people is, although they did rob banks, it wasn't their main source of income. And that's especially in the beginning of their career. And they're often depicted as having a glamorous lifestyle, but it was anything but. Bonnie and Clyde would literally sleep in their car for days on end if they couldn't find a house to hide out in. And that was just the typical lifestyle of the gang as they were going through their two-year span of crimes. Now to get into a little bit more of the Grizzly stuff, the pair was credited with 13 murders during their run. Uh, Nine of these being police officers and four being civilians. Although this is a significant body count and murder is never a good thing, obviously. A lot of these crimes were committed with the intent of getting away and the police during this time frame were known to open fire on criminals of this ilk without any provocation. So if they stumbled across them, they would just open fire. So they would fire back. And this happened in Joplin, Missouri, where they were surrounded by cops at their hideout. They opened fire back on the cops who had opened fire first, and they ended up killing two of the officers before they escaped. Now, at this ambush, they weren't able to get away with a lot of their belongings, and a lot of the photos we see of Bonnie and Clyde are from a photo roll that was taken from the scene of Joplin, Missouri. So any of these photos you see with Bonnie with the cigar, her holding the gun up to Clyde, that's where they got these photos from this reel. Now these photos are a bunch of the gang fooling around, like Bonnie with a cigar in her mouth and brandishing a firearm and holding it up to Clyde. They were joking around. They're 20-year-old kids. They're, you know, living up to the infamy of their name, but... The papers took this seriously and used it to kind of turn the public perception on them and make it seem like Bonnie was bloodthirsty. And any interview you find with the actual gang, it was anything but so. Bonnie was along for the ride for sure, but she never actually held a gun to anybody, never fired back at the police. She was there because she was in love with Clyde and she sort of liked being a celebrity. Now, after years of running, both Bonnie and Clyde were getting tired, and they had made many, many enemies within law enforcement. Frank Hammer was a Texas Ranger who began to track them, and he picked up that during their movements, they would like to go back and visit their family, and this would end up sort of being an Achilles heel for the gang because it made their movements a little bit easier to track. Now, he would use these movements and deduct that they were going to end up in Louisiana to see one of their gang members' family, and he was right. Frank Hammer would set up the ambush that would eventually kill Bonnie and Clyde, and they would be gunned down in a Ford V8 on the side of the road. Now, upon their death, thousands of people would flock to the scene, the funeral, to see the bodies, wherever they could find them, and people began just taking whatever they could, pieces of the car, uh, people were taking 
the clothing of Bonnie, the clothing of Clyde, if they could get it. They were cutting off locks of Bonnie's hair. One guy even tried to remove Clyde's ear, and another guy tried to remove Clyde's trigger finger. They were eventually stopped, but these were some of the situations they were dealing with with the general public upon their death. Now, although the couple was inseparable in life, they would be separated in death. They did make it known that they wanted to be buried together, but Bonnie's mother wouldn't allow it. Now, they were both brought back to Texas, and they were buried in separate graveyards. Many objected to this, but at the end of the day, Bonnie's mother had the final say, and that's why they are not laid to rest together. Yet, it seems that they might still be inseparable. Now, numerous locations from the couple's past have claimed to have seen the spirits or heard the spirits of Bonnie and Clyde. Now, let's start with the site of their murders, which is on Highway 154 in Louisiana. People have seen figures on the road and heard the sounds of chatting and laughter believed to be that of Bonnie and Clyde. Others have reported that on well-lit nights, you can hear the sounds of screaming and gunfire. In the state of Texas, where the two were originally from, there are several locations that have been known to have the hauntings of Bonnie and Clyde, and the one we're going to hit on is the abandoned Baker Hotel. Now, the place in Texas we're going to focus on real quick is the Baker Hotel. This location is abandoned, and it is terrifying. In its heyday, though, it is known to have hosted celebrities such as Judy Garland, Clark Gable, the Three Stooges, and even Ronald Reagan. Bonnie and Clyde haven't been confirmed that they stayed there, but they would never put their real names. So it's believed they've stayed there at least once. Now, at the hotel, they have mostly been seen in the ballroom. Their spirits have been heard laughing, been seen dancing, all of the normal stuff in a haunted ballroom, right? So this is one of the locations that they probably had some of their happier times. And finally, there is the death car. The 1934 V8 was eventually given back to the owner that Clyde stole it from, and she drove it home with the bullet holes in it and all. She would then either rent it or sell it to a man who traveled with it, And at one point, while showing off this, Frank Hammer would show up, get on stage, and punch the man in the face because he believed it to be disrespectful to have this car on display. You know, the man that organized an ambush on a couple without trying to take them into custody. Now, sometime after this, it was either repossessed or returned to the original owner, Ruth Warren, who would then sell it to a carnival. They would have it for some time, about 30 years, and then it gets a little murky about where the car ended up, but what we do know is at that point, it would end up at Whiskey Pete's Casino in Prim, Nevada, where it is still today, fully encased in glass, and not only is the car there, but they have other items such as the blood-soaked and torn shirt that Clyde was wearing the day that they were gunned down. Guests visiting the car have often described having an eerie and uncomfortable feeling while staring at it. Others have taken photos of the car and it appears that there are people in the back seat that were not in the car when they took the photo. Some have even caught glimpses of a couple that are around the car, but when they turn their head to fully look, there's nobody there. Now, there is a whole rabbit hole to go down in the Bonnie and Clyde story, and we just touched on the surface and wanted to hit on the hauntings. Uh, One of the things that I find eeriest about Bonnie and Clyde is just a few days before they were gunned down, Bonnie wrote a poem, and it was called The Story of Bonnie and Clyde. And what I'd like to do is to share just a few excerpts from that. And what I suggest is going, finding this poem, and reading through the whole thing. You've read the story of Jesse James, of how he lived and died. If you're still in need of something to read, here's the story of Bonnie and Clyde. They call them cold-blooded killers. They say they are heartless and mean. But I say this with pride that I once knew Clyde when he was honest, upright, and clean. 
but the laws fooled around, kept taking him down, and locking him up in a cell. Tilly said to me, I'll never be free, so I'll meet a few of them in hell. They don't think they're too tough or desperate, they know that the law always wins. They've been shot at before, but they do not ignore that death is the wages of sin. Someday they'll go down together, and they'll bury them side by side. To few it'll be grief, to the law a relief, but it's death for Bonnie and Clyde. Ghost Stories. This has been a side content episode, the first of its kind, Celebrity Hauntings. I'm here with Rob Coakley. What's up, Rob? What's going on? One of my favorite stories, whether it involves the ghost stories or not, of all time. Hell yeah. And uh, we're also here with Dave. What's up, Dave? What's going on? I'm sad as hell, bro. What a sad story. It was a sad story. The story of Bonnie and Clyde is actually one of the sadder stories in terms of like the American gangster tales of the past. I mean, gangsters get gunned down. Outlaws get gunned down. These things happen. I, they never I really just, had the, the high life of the gangster though. Cause they sucked no, at robberies. Awful. They were awful. They were the worst. I think had a pretty good prison break, but the, other the only reason that just real quick, the, the only reason that I'm sad about it is just the way Rob ended the video. Like, <laughs> And you oh. just see Bonnie's dead body flopped over, you know, on uh, Clyde's on shoulder. Clyde, yeah. And his ends with the poem, my Very beautiful, eerie. sad music. Everything about this made me sad. Yeah. I mean, but it is a sad story. Like, I, I think that when you hear Bonnie and Clyde, right, you you think of glamorous, like a glamorous lifestyle, like the high life of these robbers and because you don't, because people don't really dive into the full story of Bonnie and Clyde, and their lives were brutal, pretty much from beginning to end. Born into poverty, both of them, and they, and, and we know how it ended. You just saw how it ended by that video. If you're watching the the video portion, but yeah, they were gunned down, and there was very few highs in between. The highest point for the two of them was finding each other, basically. They, there's no doubt that these two were in love with each other, which is, um, you know, like, just takes me back to the Titanic. (laughs) Please don't do that. This episode, (laughs) please don't not this episode. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's, it's okay. Um, but yeah, so like I, I, like I said, it's one of my favorite tales. I know a ton about Bonnie and Clyde. We won't get into completely everything about them. I could do probably two hours on this story. Maybe three, if if our, <laughs> if, if our if our listeners ever want to do like a side tale like that doesn't involve. I mean, we could try to involve the hauntings as well, but they ever just want to do a a stream of Bonnie and Clyde. I am more than down to do that. What what is your guys's knowledge of Bonnie and Clyde up to this point? Like, what do you know of them? And it, it's not a big deal if you don't know much. No, I knew they weren't. Um... I knew they weren't good robbers and they had a lot of like failed mm-hmm. robbery attempts. There was the, um, the oil refinery attempt that was an absolute blunder. Um, but what they were really good at was eluding and being better yes. than the police. They yep. had Clyde had better weapons, better mm-hmm. cars. 
you know, the police cars at the time were maxing out like what, 35 miles an hour. Yep. He had exactly. these V8s where he's just yeah. over 60 miles an hour. He was using the, um, the bar rifle there, which was the, the Browning automatic rifle, which is just the firepower of that thing just was the cops didn't have anything. They didn't have any firepower that could come close to that. So they were like, we can't, we can't bring these people in. And that's how they ended up getting the clearance to take them out towards the end is the cops that were pursuing them were like, can we kill them? And whoever was in charge was like, there's no other way to do it. And it's actually preferable. So just go gun them down. And that's really like, all right, that's all we needed to hear. Well, it comes down to like, like, like the fact that they were killing police officers and, I think it came down to like like once you shoot one of their own, they're just going to open fire on you at the time. Well, yeah, but they, I think they were so big that I think that I know that the cops, the cops that did end up killing them, they had they did get permission. Um, I don't remember from who. Uh, maybe you know Rob. I don't know, but they had to get permission from the higher ups to be able to because they were like, well, do we need to bring these people in alive because it's so high profile? Well, if you look into the year 1934, right? So this is the this is the year that they got gunned down. They got gunned down in 1934. Not only did they get gunned down in 1934, John Dillinger was killed in 1934. Babyface Nelson was killed in 1934. Basically what happened was they upgraded the the artillery of the police forces. The FBI became a lot more prominent. They got base they were allowed to carry guns at this point. Not that the FBI was involved in the Bonnie and Clyde one, but it just set a precedent that what they were going to do for all these cuz the police forces were being embarrassed these criminals were the front page news almost every day between Dillinger, Pretty Boy Floyd, you know, all of these bank robbers. They were being looked at as Robin Hoods because they were stealing from the banks. It was during the Great Depression. Yeah, they were rock stars. They were Pretty rock Boy stars. Was a great one, actually, not to get not to get too sidetracked, but he was the one who was going in and ripping up mortgages. Yeah, yeah. every bank he'd rob, he'd just rip up all the mortgages and just get these people <laughs> free houses. Yeah, and if yeah. you go to, to Dillinger, I mean, Dillinger was robbing banks and uh it was depicted in the movie uh that johnny depp was in where he would go in and rob the bank and people would like offer up their wallets like no no, no we're not here for that we're here for the bank's money but yep. then it was also no i mean dude he was in what chicago i think he yep. was in chicago and he was a celebrity around town and he was still untouchable so it's like if police were sm- like nobody was giving him up because he was like a robin hood like you said rob well and- they also weren't giving these guys up. So here's where Bonnie and Clyde differed from all these people. Mm-hmm. What Bonnie and Clyde weren't doing when they were trying to rob these banks is they weren't paying off the right people. So if you look into the history of Dillinger and some pretty boy Floyd, they had, they had councilmen in their pocket. They were paying off police forces to look the other way when they went to go to some of these banks. So they, they were doing it a very particular way. Bonnie and Clyde were early 20s. I think that's another thing that people don't understand. I think the perception of Bonnie and Clyde is they were like mid-30s, like they were adults. I mean, which they were adults, but the the thought process is like they were older. And if you look at their pictures, they look older, but that's that's the time. That's the time. I mean, you look at like NFL footage from like yeah, earlier, anything before the 80s, everyone looked like they were were 56 years old (laughs) and running – four miles an hour like it's yeah yeah no you're so, right they did so i think that that's another misconception of them um and so they weren't doing anything properly like they they bungled everything the one thing that they robbed a lot that they never had a problem with was armories and that's why they had all the guns and the other thing with 
with Clyde is yes, he killed a bunch of people. And I'm not sympathetic to the fact that he was an out, like that, you know, like he wasn't going to get gunned down and stuff. I'm more sympathetic towards Bonnie because she never partaked in any of the, of the actual killings and very minimal, any of the robbing as well. She was usually there and she was obviously complicit and he tried to get her to leave the gang a few times mm-hmm. and she wouldn't leave. She was going down with them. Um, a, because she loved them. B, she loved being a celebrity. She was going to do that no matter what. Uh, and that's what I'm saying, man. I could talk about this all day. She, UD Jones was the member of the uh, gang that said at one point, he's like, she never, he's like, I don't think I ever saw her return fire in a shootout, but she was yeah. really good at reloading the guns. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so accomplice. Yeah, she was definitely an accomplice. But, like, if Clyde went down, he was going to the electric chair. So why would he ever um, surrender? And the other thing is, he never wanted to kill. That was never his intent. Any of the times that he killed. So the the first murder that he is implicated in, he wasn't even in the building when it happened. He was the getaway driver. Yeah. So he gets implicated in this murder that he has nothing to do with. One of the more famous murders that the one that really turned public perception on them, I know I've mentioned the photos, but the thing that turned public perception on them was there was two cops that pulled up to them one day when they were pulled off on the side of the road. Uh, one was on his first day of duty. Clyde and one of his accomplices was Henry Methvin. It was Henry Methvin, the one that the, the guy that was um, even more psychotic than Clyde, whose parents helped take down Bonnie and Clyde. Um, they they got the drop on the two cops, and Clyde said to him, let's take them. What Henry heard was, let's kill them. So Henry shoots one, and Clyde's like, oh, shit, because he liked to kidnap people. There's there's a precedent set where he would kidnap cops and like leave them tied to a tree. Like Bonnie was in bad shape. We'll talk about that in a second. And he kidnapped a couple cops, and they helped her while they were driving around. And instead of like even thinking about killing them, he tied them to a tree with the with the knots, knowing that they could get loose at some point because of how much they helped them. He was not a psychopath. Like it, he did kill he people. Just really, really was not going to go back to jail. Right. That's exactly his, what it was. Yeah. After his experience in the Eastham uh, jail there. Yeah. And that's where it all starts. Right. He gets thrown in jail for th- for stealing roosters and turkeys. And once he stole a rooster, the cops never let him, never let him out of their sight. Basically, that's not why and, it was in Easton, though. No, but that's where this is where it started. He started by robbing these chickens and these turkeys, and the cops. Anytime something happened after that, he was getting blamed for everything by the cops, even if he wasn't involved. So he he took on the moniker of like, well, like if they're going to call me a thief, I'm just going to be a thief, which isn't the way to go, but he's also 17, 18 years old. Yeah. And grew up in poverty. Grew up in poverty. He ends up in Eastham. And the quote about him going to Eastham is I watched a schoolboy go into Eastham and a rattlesnake come out because he was being sexually assaulted for a year while he was in this prison. while other people watched him. This is where he commits his first murder, by the way. Yep. And I think it's totally justifiable. Absolutely. He, he killed the guy. He killed the guy that was um, sexually yeah, assaulting was, him. Ed Crowder was his uh, assaulter and he yep. lured him into the showers, but he had previously hit a lead pipe in yep. the showers. And when they 
uh, when Ed came in, he busted his head open with a lead pipe. The mm-hmm. cool part about this is he had a buddy um, named Aubrey Skelly that was a uh, – he was in for murder already. And Aubrey was like – nobody liked Ed. And Aubrey was like, if you pull this off and you kill that guy, I'll take the credit for it. I will – so that he did. So um, Clyde busted the guy's head open in the showers, and he's bleeding out on the ground, already dead. And um, Aubrey Skelly comes in with a prison shank and just repeats – stabs him over and over and over and over again. Yeah. And gets gets blamed for it. Yeah, so the guy's laying on the ground with a bunch of stab wounds, but he's got a big, a big bashed in skull. Yeah. And uh, the cops are like, "Yeah, he just lost a knife fight." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what kind of knife he used, but man, yeah, lost it. So yeah, so I was like, "Good handle." <laughs> so he, that's when he goes into jail. Like he comes out, he meets Bonnie. Um, and the rest is kind of history. I, I kind of touched oh, wait, on it. But yeah. how he gets out of jail is he is even is even oh, crazy. Oh my god! Yeah, this is ridiculous. So it was like a a work like a like a labor prison basically. Yep. You we're out working on the farms in Texas, so like they forced you, and they're not they weren't they weren't very nice actually at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, prison. I think it was the Texas prison system was the worst in the country, and so they're out there, and the the guards are brutal. They would work you to death pretty much. And he got to a point where it's like, I can't go out into these fields anymore. He had one of his, I guess they don't really know whether it was him who did it or it was one of his buddies, but basically chop off two of his toes with an ax so that he wouldn't have to go back out. Yep. His big toe and his, his and the toe, toe next to it. Half of the toe next to it. And it works. He didn't have to no, go back out. No, 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 no. It did not work. So here's what happened. He did that unbeknownst to him. His mother had, these prisons were overcrowded at the time. And if a mother would send in a letter to the governor, uh, a lot of times that would get a prisoner pardoned. And he didn't know that the governor had gotten a letter from his mother and they were in the middle of already starting his pardon. If he had waited five more days, he was getting out anyways. And he didn't know. So he I was actually getting there. I was going to say it oh, worked sorry. to get him out of the labor, but what he didn't oh. know is that his mother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, which is crazy. Um, so he walked with like a bit of a limp for the rest of his life. Um, just going back to that officer story, because I got so sidetracked with the one that they got the drop and Henry killed the cop and Clyde ended up having to kill the other one. There was an eyewitness there that blamed Bonnie for the death shot. And there was multiple eyewitnesses is the problem for this guy. So he said that she walked over to him, turned turned him over, grabbed the gun and shot him in the face and said, watch, look how his head bounces or something like that. Never happened. There was multiple witnesses that said she never did anything. And later in life, he, um, he said, he said that just for the publicity, just because he wanted to be like in the reels. And what are the newspapers going to do? They ran with that quote. So they, started depicting her as like, I don't know, bloodthirsty and it turned some of the public perception on them. And that's, I was telling one, I was telling Jesse, I think the other day I watched the highway highwayman movie on Netflix, which follows the law officers. Don't watch it. It's awful. It is the, one of the dumbest movies I've ever seen. It is a, um, (laughs) it is, it is a paint by numbers, old cop, trying for one last hurrah um, procedural movie and 95% of the stuff is not historically accurate at all. Is this the one with Hillary Duff? No, it's with Woody Harrelson and Kevin Costner. And And it sucks. 
and I was very angry watching it the whole time. I didn't, they, think, it was, I didn't think it was the worst. I, I thought it was. I did fall asleep, but it wasn't. Right. But the, <laughs> it's, in all reality, like, the, the crazy thing is, it, so it's like Bonnie didn't have much to do with the crimes. We talked about that. Obviously, the crimes pre ended with the two of them getting gunned down. But in all reality, like there's more of a history with Clyde running with his brother than there was with him running with Bonnie. And so I, I think is. Buck well, kind of his brother. Kind of, it, it, I mean, it was it, gunned down himself too, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he he got into crime because of his brother, but his brother went to jail for a while. Um, when he got out, he Bonnie and Clyde were already big by the time his brother got out of jail, mm-hmm. and he had already killed multiple police officers. And his brother had turned himself in, and that's how he got out earlier than he should have for his sentence. And basically. When his brother got out, he wanted to talk Clyde into turning himself in, which is never going to happen, and understandably so. Again, if he turns himself in, he's getting the chair. He's just right. getting the electric chair. So um, so he started – one thing led to another, and his brother just fell right back in with him and Bonnie, his brother and and the wife of his brother. And, I, have to, uh, I have to wonder if – Maybe he flipped, and maybe that's the reason. Maybe he got out a little bit earlier and was trying to convince his brother to turn himself in. No, it you was know, because they were they were so it was so unprecedented for a because he had escaped prison and he went and turned himself back in. So it was so unprecedented for that to happen that they didn't take any years off of his original sentence. They were just like, "Oh, welcome back! Just hey, right nice back job! Yeah, 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 come on, back in. Thanks for coming yeah, back. Yeah, so." Yeah. The other no, theory they, is uh, – oh, sorry, I'll let you finish. No, no, it, and just like his brother was kind of a bad – We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. That's the way his brother went down. I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but... um, I know he was also gunned down. Kind of. He got shot in the head and lived for like a week. (laughs) Got shot in the head, lived for a week. They got into another ambush situation, right? And he got shot in the chest like five more times during this one. Mind you, his brain's exposed. His brain was exposed this during the first gunfight. He got shot six more times, and he was on the ground still firing at the police to get his brother and Bonnie away. Like, no this shit. dude was bonkers. And he still didn't die from the gunfight. <laughs> he, goes to the, he goes to the hospital. They do surgery to remove the bullets. He's still alive for five days. And still shooting at doctors and shit. <laughs> <laughs> he dies from pneumonia at that point. He doesn't even die from the gunshot wounds. That's crazy. Imagine getting shot in the head and then dying from pneumonia. So the other working theory is that um, Clyde's mother was uh, an accomplice in all these things. Now, he's doing Bonnie's, what kind of... Bonnie's mother, too. 
Oh, oh really? sorry. No, sorry. Yeah, Go no. Ahead. So Clyde's mother, now she goes further than the typical murderer's mother who covers for their kid. It's like, no, he's a good kid. Uh, she lied about his age at one point. She had said he was 18 when he was really 21. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, you wouldn't just charge a child with these crimes. He wouldn't do this. He wouldn't do this. And every time he would get charged with something, she's like, oh, no, you've, you've got him wrong. He's just a confused child and all this kind of stuff. Right. In all reality, he's like some 21-year-old scumbag. But they there was that but then it goes further so then there's also belief that she was paying off a bunch of people because people were getting paid off while bonnie and clyde weren't in town so her mother that they believe it was not her mother uh clyde's mother who was doing a lot of their banking and a lot of their you know finances and paying off the people that they still need to pay off while they're out on their crime spree so there's a, a big belief that she was involved in that and i think it was bonnie's mother that implicated her Except um, that no one, none of them had any money. They had no money. That's the problem. Yeah, they had no money. But she did. The mother. No, so the, the mother. Were, I don't know. The, according was, to history.com, which I was just reading because I don't know as much about this stuff as you guys do, that her mother had money and she was paying off the. Uh, her the mother. Locals. This is his, uh, mother. his mother. I keep saying her mother. Yeah, no, it was Clyde's mother who had a little bit of money and she was paying off the people that still need to be paid off. This is the same family that couldn't afford their three youngest children. Yeah. Well. So from the money from selling their three youngest children, <laughs> she, she paid off some people that need to be paid off. So uh, they they had no money. I mean, maybe they paid some people off here and there from a few of their heists. They had a few that were okay, but they never struck anything big. Well, the he, the, the only one that that they there's a manuscript from manuscript from um uh Buck's wife, and in that one. The documentation had said that they had robbed the bank and then they had given some of the money to their mothers. Yeah. And it was apparently with the money from coins. that bank robbery. It was like money. silver coins or something. Okay. Um, Maybe. Yeah. yeah, they gave her they gave her a decent chunk of money and like coins or something like that. I'd have to re-look into it, was, it but it, it was, was a one-time a, thing. A few, a few hundred dollars. And this was like their biggest score because they sucked at this, right? Yeah. So one of their biggest score was, was that and they had apparently given the money to their mothers – uh, equivalent to several thousands today, but it was a couple hundred dollars at the time, which is enough to pay off what they need to pay off. I mean, it wasn't a lot. They, like we said earlier, they weren't doing it like John Dillinger was, which was paying off all the right people. But at this point, she had paid off a few of them to keep the heat off them for a certain amount of time. Yeah, it's, I mean, uh, I mean, I mean it's, it's, it's a lot of speculation, but it's also backed up by actual manuscripts from Buck's wife. So, yeah, if she's saying it, then. Um, there might be some truth by yeah, it. I mean, I mean, it might have been like a one or two time thing where she just paid off a few of the right people, but they weren't going deep on their, their payoffs or anything like that. They just didn't have the money for it. They were so bad at robbing banks that one time uh, him and his brother, Clyde and his brother, were they their big idea was to hide in a bank overnight. They, this was their this was their genius idea. They were going to hide in the bank overnight. They were going to wait for the bank teller to show up and then they were going to rob it. So they hide overnight. The bank teller shows up. What didn't they do? Look for any weapons around the teller space that he was going to be in. So they jump out. They're like, surprise. And this dude just pulls a gun out of like the cabinet and just starts shooting at him. <laughs> Different <laughs> and, times. <laughs> and, and they just start running. And then like, because he's shooting at him, the entire town starts shooting at him. And you hear the story over and over and over again. Like they just, just they would Texas go into, in the early 1900s. Yeah, they would go somewhere. They try to rob something, someone and, Someone would see him and just the entire town would start firing on them. But they, their expertise somehow was just getting away. They just always got away. Um, Clyde was one of the best drivers of his era. Like he was doing things in a car that no one was doing at the time. Which was going fast. 
which was which was not just going fast, which was the way he could maneuver no, he a was car. A good, he was a good driver. Yeah, he was a good, good getaway um, guy. But except for that time, he hit a pole and everyone was ejected. Except for that time that he got into the accident. But when they were ejected, they landed on their feet and they kept running. Well, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. Well, when you're doing 25 miles an hour, it's actually possible. <laughs> so the the irony of all that is he's this fantastic driver. He gets into the accident. Bonnie's in the passenger seat. The battery in the car explodes. And the battery acid goes all over her leg. Oh. And it it eats through to the bone in her leg. Bony in and her leg. And if you've seen movies where they depict her, <laughs> where they depict her I'm with just... a limp. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. So they de- there's a lot of movies that depict her with a limp, it but was it, wasn't, acid, it wasn't a limp. Her leg was so messed up and they couldn't go to a hospital that she was like just getting mess- medicine and they were doing like bandages and like the most primitive care for it that she's in the back seat with her leg curled that her tendons healed with her leg curled up and oh. she couldn't walk properly ever again and bon, uh, Clyde or WD would have to lift her up and put her on the toilet for most of the time in order for her to even go to the bathroom that's how bad they were living towards the last six months of their life yeah, it wasn't as glamorous as the photo shoots might make you think. No, let's, the talk, fo- let's talk about. Uh, uh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say the photo shoots was like that was right before everything turned around. That was right before they went on this, you know, vacation to Joplin, Mon- Missouri, and uh, a lot of things turned after that point. Yeah, it turns because of the, the pictures. Now they they couldn't they couldn't yeah hide anywhere because everyone recognized them from the photos. They got more was- famous because of it. Right, and now they're getting recognized. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that was yeah. And torture. in retrospect, the photos are pretty corny, man. You look you look back at them, and it just looks like teenagers. I mean, they were basically, you know, just like she got a cigar in her mouth and she's got the gun in her head. It's it just it's corny. It's like, it's like, yeah, it's sh- Facebook. Like you guys are playing Al Capone here or something. Oh shit, that's an Al Capone. Great. Now we're gonna get banned from everything again. Uh, the <laughs> she <laughs> was playing into the stereotypes written about her, but no one really knew what they looked like. So what helped them blow up in popularity with these pictures is they're a good looking couple. Like they were, they weren't, you know, like hideous. They, Clyde was a good looking guy. Bonnie was dressed well. Yeah. Good looking woman. They liked the dress. They no, they always dressed well when they could until things got real bad. They were so, that was such an important aspect to them that they would find a way to bring clothes to the dry cleaner so that they always looked great. This was a very key thing for them that during pretty much 1933. So during, during their bank robberies, they would earn just enough money to go to the dry cleaners. Basically. They, <laughs> but they again, so fucking bad at it. Yeah, they were bad. Yeah. So, um, and the other people of the time, like the other bank robbers and stuff hated them because they were drawing attention to everybody. They weren't doing things properly and, and they, they were, yeah. and they weren't even good at it. But let's, let's talk about the, um, the ghosts. Yes. Tell me about the hauntings. You, you had touched on a couple of them. Um, yeah. Let's start with the hotel. Um, so there is the, oh God, now I forget the name. I think it's the Baker Hotel. Is that what I yes. said it was? Um, the Baker Hotel in Texas, which is, you should look up some pictures of the Baker Hotel because it is, in its current state, it is absolutely terrifying. Um, 
But it used to be this glamorous big hotel. And I mentioned some of the celebrities stay there, such as like Judy Garland, like even the Three Stooges. Like people stayed at this hotel. It was the place to stay. And people report that they see Bonnie and Clyde in the ballroom. And there's one other room that they've seen them in. And I've seen a tour of the hotel where they think they know which room they would have stayed in. And I have a few problems with this theory of them haunting the hotel. I already have problems with the theory of them figuring out which room they would have stayed in. But go ahead. Um, the, the theory for the for the rooms makes sense. But I, but to your point, like it probably could have made sense for 100 rooms in the place. So, uh, yeah. So they're saying that they're in the ballroom. How do people know it's Bonnie and Clyde? Like if you're seeing people in a in a you know, like, how are they tied? No, you're to that? right about that. It's the same thing with like the Civil War ghosts, where like we smell cigar smoke, so it must be this general. It's like, yeah. okay, it's not the other thousands of people that smoke cigars at the time, right? And the other thing is, <laughs> one of the Barrow Gang's big rules was that they did not stay in hotels. They, they, so if they did, it would have been really early in the time that they met each other. Mm-hmm. Um, it would have never been later. So it was either right when they met each other. Or it never happened because hotels are where you're going to get caught. It actually stayed. I thought they stayed in hotels earlier on, but used aliases. I was going to say. That's what I'm saying. It could have been early, but then that changed. And And then, I mean, were they the proverbial leaders of this gang? Yes. We know. It was called Clyde Barrow, was the leader of the Barrow gang. That makes sense. So we were very adamant about being in charge. The rules don't apply to the leaders. We know how this goes. Well, it does when there's only five people in the gang and they're trying not to get caught. When the, when the rules finally didn't apply is when they got their brother shot. They waited, you know, they went years, well, not years, they went a long time without going to a hotel. Mm-hmm. Bonnie was so bad off with her leg that Clyde just said, screw it, we're going to go to a hotel and I'm, I'm away from the haunting part. But they went to this hotel and they stayed at it and it ended up being a police hangout. Oh shit. And that started one of their big ambush shootouts because they were very conspicuous. So it's, but this is why they didn't stay in hotels is my whole point of this story. So if I get to Jave's point, if they did stay in this hotel, it was very early in the barrel gangs thing when there wasn't as much heat on them or it just never happened. And why are they haunting, like, when they died, why did they go back to that one random hotel they stayed in one time? So my, my theory on that would be, I think, like, when you come back for hauntings, for residual hauntings and stuff, there's generally two types of residual hauntings, uh, or maybe three. Stuff that you're overly attached to, stuff where something very negative happened to you, or stuff, or a place where something very Very happy. positive very yeah. positive happened to you. So, so in a life where you had very few positive things, maybe that one night in the hotel, the one night in the hotel would have been one yeah, of maybe their, was one of their happier final moments. That's I mean, a terrible theory. you do, you do suggest that this is probably earlier in the crime speed, but in the rare case that he was fed up with the life on the road and maybe they're just like, screw let's go stay at a hotel. Then maybe this was like their last happy moment together. Maybe that's why they go back and still haunt that hotel. Yeah, I mean, it could be just a, a hotel in Texas because that's where they were most known was in Texas would just be almost suicide, especially one that prominent. But you never know. Yeah, and I guess, I mean, who knows when the last time they were happy was, but, I mean, they were gunned down in, what, Louisiana? 
Yeah, but so. this this goes into another place that I didn't bring up, which is the the Joplin house, the Joplin, uh, Missouri house that they stayed in for like 13 days where him, Bonnie, WD, his brother and his sister-in-law stayed and they could have been having a great time there. They stayed there for 13 days, which is one of the longest days we've ever seen for them. They're usually in the car. So maybe they had a lot of good times there too, because they're, it's reportedly haunted. Now two police officers were killed there by them on their escape from the place. So maybe it's the hauntings of the police officers as well, but it might have been one of the places that they actually enjoyed some of their time together. Of all the alleged hauntings of Bonnie and Clyde, what do you, what do you think is the most likely? Um, well, I would say that they, they think that the areas that they grew up in is haunted as well. So, and I always, I'll always like gravitate towards that and where they died. So that the side of that road in Louisiana, it's, it's technically, it's a highway, but it's, you know, it's essentially your road is more of a highway than that road. Um, so it's like this little back woods road. It's not as bad anymore, but it was more so then. It's but it's still nothing crazy. It's it's like a barren stretch of like around us Route forty four. You used to or, live in that area. Did you ever drive around that area at all? Do you know? I never went there because I was too young, basically to even probably. Yeah, too scared to. I mean, yeah. What's the proximity to New Orleans? Because we definitely are going to do New Orleans trip. I don't know, but little stop off. I mean, but anything, pretty big. I'm willing to drive any distance that makes sense for anything Bonnie and Clyde. Just so it's on. It's going to be on the. Te- it's going to probably on the Texas side. Would be my guess. Closer to the Texas border. Could be. I so didn't on our, on our trip. If it's really far, Rob, you're you're welcome to do that. I'm going to try New Orleans and <laughs> yeah. I'll, I mean, I'll still go do it, but yeah. So I think like when enjoy you, the French Quarter by myself while you take that little journey. When you have a violent end like that. Like as because that that end was overly violent, uh, and it, they knew it was going to be too. That's the other. Thing. Oh, they she knew, wrote about it in her poem. Yeah. They knew how they were going to die, um, which is it, it's just crazy. But yeah, they they popped up, and supposedly Hamer was gonna try to get them to surrender. Is is his story? I call bullshit on that. And he's like, oh, one of the other cops jumped up and shot Clyde right away. I'm like, that no, was they, the plan all gunned around. Him, yeah. gunned him that, well, but they were a threat. I mean, they, they were known to shoot back at police officers. So they just they pumped enough bullets into him to. to uh, I understand but, how they reacted to those things at the time, too. But yeah, but you're supposed to be better than the, the criminals, right? Like that's but the they weren't thing. as equipped like you're that those today's standards, right? Like these guys have the training. They have this. They have that. That's why you hear the, you know, the heavy criticism on the police. Back then, they weren't equipped. They didn't have the vehicles. They didn't have yeah, the, the criminals had better guns, faster they didn't cars, have the guns. They had yeah, the like, guns like, in this at, case. Look at what this cost. this particular case. The yeah, cops yeah, yeah. Had the I'm guns. talking about like the 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 precedent was set. Like, look yeah. at when they they killed Buck. Right? They shot him 155 times. He still <laughs> the bullet <laughs> yeah. didn't even end up killing him. <laughs> yeah. So it's like that just goes to show like how ill-equipped the police were at the time. And it's like how many of cops are these guys going to kill before you just go up guns blazing and say this is enough's enough. Yeah, yeah they're, so they're just going to end it then and there. Makes sense. No, I, I understand that too. But but just the devil's advocate this a little bit is they they were getting shot at before they even were these hardened killer criminals. Like they were in a store one time and they were just immediately getting shot at by the entire town. And they had only, you know, 
killed one person. I know that's still bad, but like that's, a, that's some Red Dead Redemption but, shit right but, there. But, but they didn't even know. But the, <laughs> the whole town just opens fire on you. Yeah. So I I think that if I would say that's one of the most likely places that the hauntings are probably real is there. It's got to be eerie. There's there could be multiple people haunting that. It couldn't. It could be Bonnie. It could be Clyde. Um, probably together, but it could also be the police officers that shot him down. If you listen to the to the to the police officers' accounts of the situation, Clyde died right away from a single shot. He was hit immediately. Bonnie wasn't hit immediately. They said that until their death, that their her scream haunted them. The scream of Bonnie in that situation haunted them until their death, because it was just such a shriek. Which understandable. She just watched her, the love of her life die, and she knew she was about to die too, right? Yeah. Um, they they knew this was happening. Look at the photo of Blanche, the famous photo of Blanche when she got taken into custody when Butch was on the ground shot. She she's doing this, and it's not because she's trying to get her to cover her face. It's because she had she had glass yeah. in her eye. Right, so she could barely see, and all she saw was somebody hold something up. It was a cameraman holding a camera up. She thought it was a police officer pulling up a gun to execute her, because that's what they thought was going to happen to them. And if she was a man, that probably would have happened to her at that point. The cameraman right. would have executed her with a camera. Yeah, exactly. No, but a, a cop would have taken taken her out if probably. it would. So, I do I do believe that that stretch of road is probably terrifying and haunted i would assume that we would really get the same feeling we got when we went to emily's bridge if we were to go there at night yeah where you just kind of feel that something's there yeah just go back to the mother real quick she actually ended up getting charged so she she was an accomplice uh she got charged and the funny thing was her trial so this is uh clyde's mother she got charged she got found guilty of basically harboring a criminal at that point they couldn't prove any of the uh, money stuff but Mm -hmm. uh the judge just felt bad. She's an old woman. They they felt bad for her. And he's like, uh, would 60 days be okay? Yeah. And she's like, oh, and she's like rubbing her eyes and she's crying. She's like, how about 30? Yeah. Like, okay. Okay. 30 yeah. days in jail. <laughs> yeah. Like that's how it went down in the courtroom. Yeah. Like nice job lady. <laughs> so that's, it's pretty funny. But basically I think, I think pretty sure like everyone in the family that was still alive and was connected to it was charged with harboring criminals and they were charged for, yeah. with being connected. But um, the haunting stories are interesting. If, if I were to take a guess here, I'd say the most likely would be, I, I think I agree with you, Rob, where, where they grew up or where they died are probably the most likely scenarios. The hotels that might just be another one of those cases of hotels trying to sell some rooms because they're saying that they're the haunted room and tying anything to Bonnie and Clyde is still to this day, you know, almost a hundred years later, going to bring in, uh, it's going to bring in money. The car is the other one. So, oh yeah, what, what so, museum is the car located in? I've seen the car. It's in a casino. It is in the um, it's in Prim, it's Nevada, which I've never been to, but it's only like I, it's not. A I'm sure it's in Vegas. It's in Prim, Nevada. Dave, you might be thinking of when we were in San Antonio. There was a, a shot up car, but it wasn't the Bonnie and Clyde car. It was a different one. Yeah, you no, might be confusing your museums because we we did see there was a shot up car from i think it was a chicago shootout sounds like um, rob's reading where it is right now so i'm gonna go with no i saying. just know this off the top of my head because i know it's in my list to go to next time i go to vegas Damn, it's cool prim point. it's whiskey pete's in prim nevada and it's whiskey been there for pete about sounds, 30- like an awesome, sounds like an awesome <laughs> yeah 
I don't even. So it could be the shittier. You know, for me, the shittier the bar, the better. Like that's where I'm at in life. <laughs> I'm not looking for great bars, especially if I'm in Nevada. Yeah, let's go to Whiskey Pete's. That sounds so, fucking great. It's encased in glass there, and people have said to see things there. My and I and, and it, if you're going to be attached to any object in death, if you're Bonnie and Clyde, it would probably be the car you got shot in. Um, some real vile stuff happened to them after the death. People showed up to the crime scene. They were ripping chunks out of Bonnie's hair through the window. So just so you know now, real quick, the the car's been moved. It's actually now in California. So it was moved, moved from Nevada to the Ronald Reagan Presidential Museum in California. Through Thank February you. 22, hang on, it might it might have gone back. Oh, maybe it was like a display, like they did it for a little bit. Yeah, I think they did it for a little bit, yeah. Oh, yeah. man, the car is just absolutely riddled with bullet holes. Yeah, it's crazy. So the video I showed at the end of the thing was the actual crime scene. Yep. But what I was saying is the stuff that happened to them in that car after death is people ripped out portions of her hair through the window. Um, then as it pretty much got paraded through town with their dead bodies in it, it broke down in front of a school while the kids were on <laughs> recess. They kids ran over, pulled the sheet off and saw the dead bodies. Then people were, were marching with the car, reaching in, trying to get any item that they could get. Somebody tried to cut off Clyde's ear. Another person tried to cut off his trigger finger. Like, yeah, if you're going to be connected to any single um, object, it mm-hmm. might be the car that you got shot to death in. Yeah, it could be. And like we said, we don't know the rules, but yeah. These so, are some, uh, for the people watching, these are some photos of the car now. Yeah. Oh, that's a torn shirt. Yeah, that's what he was wearing. And it was blood soaked when they said that, like, everything in the car was soaked in blood when they. Um, when they got it. So it makes sense. Yeah. So I, I, so my only problem with this, with the hauntings at the car Uh with like the photos and stuff is this car is encased in glass. Um, there's gotta be people around it at all times. So if you take a photo, there might be some weird reflection that happens that it could catch them in the backseat or, you know, like just weird things are going to happen when something's in with photos, when it's, when glass is involved or mirrors are involved. If you see this guy, yeah. In the window. It might just be this guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but I, I, I believe that, you know, they're they're so prominent that I wouldn't be shocked if they're haunting the road or their houses or even the car itself. Um, the hotel, until we can verify they stayed there, it's a little less likely to me. But it doesn't mean they, it doesn't. Yeah, it's not if real. they haven't verified it yet, I don't think you can. But I, I think it's likely. I think it's a possibility. Yeah, I just um, wonder about the the clout chasing and the uh, eagerness to sell rooms if they're just using that. But who knows? Anyways, um, well, they can't sell rooms because it's because it's abandoned. Like I said, look it, up. Look, yeah. uh, look it up. It's terrifying. Why can't we sell rooms? Yeah, <laughs> I don't get what we're doing wrong. Try here. opening. <laughs> Maybe because we're not open. Anyways, I think that'll do it for uh, Bonnie and Clyde. Anything else you guys want to touch on before we sign off here? Just no, one, quick, was- one quick fun fun little thing. Uh, fun if you're as, as disturbed as I am. Uh, do you know how Henry Methvin died? No. So Henry Methvin was the member of the gang who ended up kind of being responsible for Bonnie and Clyde's demise uh, one way or another. Mm-hmm. And he ended up doing, so he helped. So his father basically was like, uh, I want immunity for my son and I'll give up Bonnie and Clyde or whatever. So they're like, yeah, we'll give him a lighter sentence. So he did a small amount of time, I think like 10 years or something. 
and then he got out. And then in 1948, some unknown person knocked him out and left his body on the railroad tracks, and a train came by and cut him in half. Oh. That's how Henry Methvin met his demise. WD also was shot to death later in his life. Yeah, when he was like 70. Yeah. He uh, went to go help a friend with something, some like situation with another person, and he showed up, and they just shot him like three times. Yeah. So Most he, of the – do you know what happened to Ray Hamilton? Because he was uh, another one of the big member, members. No. He was the one who ended up uh, – they busted him and uh, Henry Methvin out of uh, the, the uh, Eastern Prison. Right, and the thing with with that guy is Clyde hated that guy. He did not Ray? like him. Yeah, was not a fan of him. But he had this weird loyalty thing. Well, not weird. He he was like this overly loyal guy. And the Barrow Gang was originally created to bust people out of prison from that prison. And he had made a promise that he would bust him out. And even though he didn't like him, he was still going to do it. Imagine being that bad of a prison where there's like a designated group that's just, just assigned to busting people out of your prison. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, oh, shit, they're back again. <laughs> yeah. So that's, I mean, like I said, we can, um, if, if the listeners end up wanting it, just shoot us an email, shoot us a comment or something, and we can uh, do a full Bonnie and Clyde timeline okay. stream. It'll be like Listen, a two-hour thing. I thought this was going to be 20 minutes, and we're going on an hour, so you know, yeah. obviously we can go on and on about this stuff. Yeah, these side stories won't be as long as this one in the future. This is just a personal favorite of mine. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Anyways, uh, we'll be back on Tuesday, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for a brand new live episode of Hometown Ghost Stories. Make sure you guys leave us a review on iTunes. Five stars. Leave a little comment. We'll read it on air. And uh, if you are even interested more in supporting the show, then why don't you swing on over to Patreon. Drop us a little sub. We get your name in the credits. All that kind of fancy stuff. Rob will send you a picture with him with a shirt on. We get all the benefits. Yeah. All the perks. That's how we get canceled. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I appreciate you guys for tuning in. We'll catch you next time. Uh, yes, yeah, so swing by on Tuesday, and uh, we'll get you some more side content for next time. Talk to you later, guys. Have a good one.